0: we <laughs>
1: With um, world renowned musicians. We're going to talk about inspiration, family, faith, uh, benefits, and charities um, with the, maybe the most talented people I've ever met in my life, to be honest with you. Uh, this is Annie. Hi, Annie. Hey, Adam. Uh, it's so great to meet you, too. Alex, how are you?
2: Yeah, great. Thanks.
1: These are uh, two of the members. Of the Annie Moses Band, Annie uh, Dupree, lead singer, violin, uh, what other, uh, songwriter, did I miss anything?
3: No, I'm the singer and uh, and I play violin. So.
1: And Alex Woolover is
2: uh, viola and vocals. Correct, yeah, I sing and play viola and produce and songwrite and do a myriad of other things. Now you have the Annie Moses
1: Foundation and I want to talk about that in your summer Uh, Academy, your Summer Arts Academy. Did I miss that?
3: We call it the Fine Arts Summer Academy. Yes, it's the flagship program of the Annie Moses Foundation.
1: And we love supporting the arts and how important that is for young people to get involved with music uh, and the arts. So we'll talk about that in a second. But first, uh, the Annie Moses Band. It's a very interesting story. Um, Real quick for our listeners that maybe aren't aware, AnnieMosesBand.com. And the namesake of the band is not you, Annie. Annie Dupree, the singer and violinist, but it's who?
3: Yes, it's our great-grandmother, Annie Moses. Um, we grew up around music. Our parents, Bill and Robin Wolliver are award-winning songwriters, and so the Annie Moses band is comprised of our family. So my parents have six children, and I'm the oldest of the six, and we all love to play and write music and create music together and travel all over the U.S. and beyond. Um, but when we started performing together as a family um, and and really kind of made you know, you always perform together as a family when you are in music. You know, but when we made that decision that we were going to really pursue this as a career path, there was this discussion about where it had all where it all began, and it really went back to Annie Moses, um, who. Was not really musical herself, per se. She grew up uh, the eldest of 12 children. She was very impoverished during the years of the Great Depression, and she died very young. But she invested their meager means in the talents of my grandma Jane, and Jane passed this passion for music on to our mother, Robin, and our parents passed it on to us. And so it's, it's kind of four generations in the making.
1: And I just want to make clear to our listeners, you said six siblings that you have which is amazing in and of itself and all six of you are Musicians and in this band, that is amazing.
3: Oh well, thank you. You know, I parent, all the time. People say after concerts, they say, "I just can't believe that all of you are so talented." And I always want to say, "Well, it's not that we're all talented; it's that we all have one talented mother." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, so much of that, when you're growing up, is just because of the environment your parents create in your home and where they put their emphasis and their money and their time. And my parents, you know, put that investment in us um, in a musical capacity and so now it's paying off and we love the fact that we're able to do this together.
1: Is there a a seventh sibling
2: out there somewhere, Alex? There actually is. Uh, We say there there are six of us but it's actually as of about a year ago changed um, because our parents adopted um, they, no actually, kidding. they did. They adopted a girl, a little girl from China uh, who just came over about a year ago. And so we have a new sister called Zoe. There's her name. And uh, and she's just a sweetheart. And so we, we love her a lot. Um, she has cerebral palsy, actually. Um, so it's been a really uh, explorative thing for our parents, you know, kind of bringing her into their home and, and training her and kind of uh, parenting all over again. They were just their sixth was eight, just turned 18. So they were done <laughs> and they started again. So so we admire them greatly for that.
1: That is an amazing, even another amazing facet to this story of uh, your family and the Annie Moses band. So uh, Alex on uh, Viola, I got to ask you from a broadcast perspective, from working in radio and TV, one of my favorite, this has nothing to do with anything, I'll warn you right now, (laughs) one of my favorite YouTube clips is um, from a news reporter who's reading the teleprompter and she's trying to say, you know, you get to this, you get to that, and voila, And she misreads the teleprompter and says, you get to this, you get to that, and
2: viola. Have you ever heard any of these viola stories? Voila. Well, uh, that is a new one. I've not heard the voila story, although I have mistyped viola before and said voila. Unfortunately, viola can be an instrument that does not inspire a voila feeling in a lot of people, um, but I, I try to hopefully change that for some folks. So. And voila. <laughs> yes, if
1: you mistype uh, when you yes, get introduced, yes. here's our brother Alex on the uh, on vocals and the voila. Yes, yes. Um, real quick, I saw you play in uh, one of my favorite tunes. I'm not just saying this because you're sitting next to me. Was uh, go west pioneer that oh, thing rocks and i want to make it clear to our listeners this is a string bluegrass um little house on the prairie almost sound um violins violas voila and uh, guitars and piano um drums and the mandolin
0: yeah. is that
1: correct and yeah. a harp a harp as well so it's very um uh, when you think of maybe strings, you, you think of maybe the, the quartet on the Titanic just playing some songs yeah, that are, you know, good in the background. This, th- you're so rocked. And that Go West Thanks. Pioneer song,
2: it got me. That was a great song. And you wrote it, you an original. I did, I did, yes. I wrote West Pioneer um, just out of a, I don't know, one day I just started writing lyric and kind of came up with that lyric and exploring and kind of writing through the experience of thinking what was it like to come this westward drive that humanity's had over centuries and Mm -hmm. millennia, um, all the way back to the early civilizations to explore west, go to the setting sun, and how America was kind of the end of that journey and and what the exploration of the American continent was like and exploring the, the forests and the mountains and the plains and the... Getting finally to the Pacific Ocean, you know, and just the experience that must have been, and uh, just how amazing our land is, and so that was the inspiration behind it, and then put a pretty driving kind of. I like. Um, I was a fan in studying classical music. I was a fan of like Bartok and some more modern composers, um, so I I'm, I write a lot more commercial than they did, but it's still kind of I enjoy having a little off the wall, you know, kind of an element. And
1: so. It was a lot of fun. And, um, as you can tell now, our listeners, this is a very patriotic feel. Uh, your encore was, uh, so, um, a mishmash of patriotic songs and, uh, a lot of fun and a very inspirational story, the family. Uh, I want to move on to the, um, Fine Arts Summer Academy. Very good, Adam. FASA. <laughs> FASA, F-A-S-A, the Fine Arts <laughs> Summer Academy. Um, to help America's youth to get in touch with music. Is that correct? And, and it's uh, I want to learn about how our, our listeners can help out with your Kickstarter campaign and all of that.
3: Sure. Well, um, the Fine Arts Summer Academy began first because um, parents had all of these questions after concerts about how my parents did what they did with us in terms of our education. And we discovered that all over America, there are all of these young people that have an incredible drive to achieve great levels of excellence in their art. um, But they simply do not have access to the information um, that you need in order to achieve greatness in the arts. And a lot of them, are coming from really strong families, families where their parents are investing time and money and energy, um, but they really don't know how to um, either hone their craft to that level or they don't know how to make the transition from, yeah, I'm learning a bunch of Mozart concertos, but that doesn't connect with my own personal pulse as a creative being. And so out of that um, need, the Fine Arts Summer Academy was born. And we started the Annie Moses Foundation as the nonprofit that would undergird that program. And FASA has been going now for, um, I guess, about twelve years, and oh, wow. it's been an incredible, um, an incredible program. Um, we have over two hundred students that come from all over the United States, um, Asia, and Europe, come to be a part of it. And it's, uh, I like to say, it's the closest thing to Riverdance on steroids you'll ever see. And it's, <laughs> a- and that is totally true I mean it's not just like a cute phrase I mean it's completely true because you have to imagine you know if you've got 200 high school students that are just rocking out on their instruments at the Grand Ole Opry house performing incredible I mean it's it's jaw-dropping it's really inspirational it is one of the hardest events of our year in the sense that it takes so much planning and preparation and we are super hands-on in it um my it's it's arranged in such a way that um, students come and study in in their particular field of study. So it might be strings or brass or woodwinds or vocals or musical theater arts. But we tailor, write, and arrange four separate events that culminate at the Granville Opry House, and all of those events are designed to showcase the specific talents of the students who register. And so when you send your child to FASA, it's literally like. We watch your children sing and we say, you know, they need to keep a song in this style, in this key, that accomplishes this, at this level, and it needs to do all of these things and we coordinate that with all those kids. And they should perform it here. And so we go through that whole process and it is a life-changing, it's a life-changing thing because very few people have the opportunity to say, I'm going to create something. That will move people in a highly powerful capacity in a place with the production that allows you to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: most of the time you just—I um, don't know—you were saying you're in sports.
1: Yeah, I've got a sports yeah, background. Yeah, yeah,
3: like a sports background. So, you know, I
1: was kind of a big deal a long time ago, but that's <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding.
3: So, you know, like for for musicians, most musicians would are people that only practice. So imagine if you had a football team and the only thing you ever did was go to practice. Right. You never played a game. Yeah. And, and and let alone ever went to like a championship or anything that was cool. Or imagine if there was if there was no Super Bowl. Imagine if there were I, no
1: tournaments. I can't imagine that world. <laughs>
3: yes, it would be <laughs> terrible.
1: Right? Bite your tongue. I don't <laughs> want to imagine that world.
3: And and for so many musicians that's what Their world is, you know, it's that I'm learning a song I don't really like because my mom makes me go take lessons. And that doesn't connect with anything. Yeah,
1: And they're yeah. incredibly talented. Exactly. There's good enough to play in the Super exactly. Bowl, but there's no Super yes.
3: Bowl. Yes. And so, anyway, this is this is us giving them the opportunity for the Super Bowl, you know.
1: Is it a, 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 like a camp? Like, they, they spend, like there's dorms? Do they spend the night? Is it a, a yeah. week?
3: <laughs> yes. A lot of them come with their families. So we have some students that come by themselves if they're 14 or older. If they're younger, they come with their families. But they all stay on campus. We host all the educational side of the event at Lipscomb University in Nashville so it's it's uh, 12 days long in total Holy
4: cow. Mm-hmm.
3: it's pretty incredible um, but you know you know the arts are more influential in our culture than any other thing and there was a time when the arts in some ways were more precious because you had to spend money on them and you had to uh, you know you had to pay a ticket to go see somebody at a show and now anything you want to buy or see I mean it's you just get on YouTube see anything you want to and it's free. And, you know, part of that is great because people have access to being inspired by great musicians, but there's other parts of that that's not so great because there's, you know, our young people feast upon music, a lot of which is not necessarily uplifting to what you would want in a culture. And so in, for us, you know, this is a chance where you're investing in the talent of people, but you're also in investing in like the life, health of a being, and saying, you know, you are capable of greatness, and there is beauty and truth inside of you, and you have a unique story that you are to tell the world. And so, FASA is where we try to take all of those missions and and really say, you know, all of that, all of those like big lofty things, all come down to, I am a person, and you are a person, and I have been down a road that you should go down to and i've got to show you down the road you know and so that's what we try to do that's
1: i've got a huge smile on my face uh great explanation of fossa the fine arts summer academy mm-hmm. uh from annie dupree from the annie moses band mm-hmm. and your brother uh, alex wooliver from um the same band annie moses yes. band mm-hmm. and uh, she mentioned that um you're hands-on with this. Um, Academy, mm-hmm. so hands-on that you're all there. And over those twelve days, you you make it matter of fact. You do not schedule any concerts during this time. It's a tw- it's a it's a tradition. You're going to be there every summer. W- what if the president calls and and wants you to play in D.C.? <laughs> what if um, the prime minister of of Canada calls and wants you to play up north? <laughs> well. Then we'd have to have there, some conversations. We, we
2: There have been a couple of incidences, and it's like the world almost ends when we've had to fly out for like one day or whatever and come back. But pretty much, we're there for the yeah. whole two weeks uh, come hell or high water. You okay, know? okay. <laughs> one way or the other. Well, uh, you know, when you were playing it, it's so uh,
1: inspiring and, and fun on stage and um, and touches everybody in the audience. I mean, I, I was looking around. There were um, there were children there, um, mm-hmm. like four or five year old children with their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, there were every generation there. Touches everybody in a, in, a, in a same and different way. So, I was jokingly mentioning if the president calls, I, I gotta believe you played for kings and queens. Any interesting stories? Oh, good.
2: Well, <laughs> or just one maybe? <laughs> well, yes, we've played for <laughs> some interesting. <laughs> Leaders, I guess uh, we've played actually in North Korea.
1: No way! Yes. <laughs> oh my god! That's
2: not the answer you're expecting, is, probably. Oh my this
1: god!
3: Is, this is one of the most bizarre things. This, ever.
1: I think you know, I, is this yeah. a movie a plot? <laughs> I don't
2: know if. Uh, no, we were asked. We were asked. There's a uh, non-government organization uh, that does humanitarian work in North Korea, and they had had a standing invitation to bring an American group. Over there to play in this festival that they hold, and um, it was one of those things we had to pay to go. Like it wasn't even we weren't paid or anything to go play, but it was just do you want to go do this? And so we thought, well, you don't gas to visit North Korea every day, so we said, well, sure, we'll go, we'll go do it. And um, anyway, so we were in Pyongyang for five days, and then we were there, and we saw all their all their monuments, and we were. It was when Kim Jong Il uh, was still alive, and um, he apparently heard us on their on their TV station na- 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 and they requested na- us to go yeah it did and then they requested for, that we go perform we learned a Korean song a, a Korean folk song and perform Andy sang in Korean uh, there and um And so they asked us to go record that in their uh, studio. And the studio was literally like um, Abbey Road before the Beatles, like before any modern recording techniques were invented. Uh It was exactly like that, just (laughs) frozen. Like it was built in the 50s when Kim Il-sung built everything there. And um, nothing had changed uh, since then. It was just like frozen in time. So that's one of the most... Interesting wow. and bizarre stories, probably I could give you as, that far as was <laughs> what
1: what was the crowd's reaction
2: uh, the performance was on t v was there a studio audience and what yeah, was their reaction yeah, there was there was a hall it was a performance hall there and um and you know they made sure every every performance is full you know it's it's, a, it's very carefully planned in their own way so um so yeah, they were incredibly gracious uh in in being there and and very Hospitable, yeah, to the point of bugging rooms and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> that's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> yes. and, and you sang a song in Korean.
3: I did. I can did. Can you
1: still do it? I'm not going to make uh, you do it, no, but, but, but can you them. speak? Uh,
3: uh, you know, I, uh, uh, t- no, I couldn't say anything in Korean. Now, I probably could probably sing a few lines of the song. But you know, it was um, that was that was such an amazing ex- opportunity because um, they have. They have no access, and, and I, cannot, I cannot say what, like, I mean, I left there with just the greatest sense of tragedy I've ever experienced in my life because they, um, the people there have believed lies so deeply that there's almost no way of digging yourself out of it, mm-hmm. you know. It's things like, we hear you have this thing called the Internet, what is the internet? Wow. You know, did you know you are so blessed because you are in Pyongyang, and Pyongyang is the most beautiful and advanced city in all of the world. And those will be like back-to-back sentences. Wow. And so it's, it's pretty like just you almost don't even know how to take it, you know. So you just kind of go in and you say, you know, I get to be the representative of freedom. I get to be the representative of truth here, and yeah. I get to be the representative of what happiness and family and all of those things look like, and they don't they don't ever get to see that. They don't get to see what an American looks like without it being seen through the lens of their government, mm-hmm. and so it was um, a pretty life-changing experience for all of us. We came back never to be the same.
1: <laughs> I bet. Uh, how, did, how did you know that your room was bugged?
2: Are you just guessing? And it's well, a good our guess. Companion, our companions had stories um, mm-hmm. where someone said, Is there an iron in the room? Did you see an iron like asking his wife i said, is there an iron? And then like ten minutes later somebody knocks on the door. It's like, Do you need anything? And it's they had forgotten about it. And it's like, No, we're fine. And then they're like, Do you need an iron? And <laughs> <laughs> Uh sure <laughs> So anyway, okay. yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. But uh, but and the people are on one hand very gracious, and, and very, you know, you, you feel very, as Annie said, uh, sympathetic, you know, to the to the plight that they're in. Um, but it also makes you incredibly grateful for the heritage we do celebrate here, and yeah. that we were making an album called American Rhapsody. We're obviously very glad to uh, have the tradition and the the home that we have and the freedoms we have here. I bet those were a long
1: five days uh, and you're back and you're yes. safe. We're happy you're here. And we're talking about FASA, the uh, fine arts summer Academy, which is under the umbrella of the Annie Moses band foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of this information is at anniemosesband.com. real quick. The umbrella Annie Moses foundation. What do you guys do with that?
3: Um well its primary purpose is to undergird the educational opportunities that we provide through the Fine Arts Summer Academy. Um, we also have um you know interactive workshops and things that we do year round, a lot of them coordinated with our touring and so you know for us the foundation is is the way that we are investing in the next generation of young artists and so folks that want information on that they can go to anniemoses.org um, they can donate there, get more information about it. Um, one of the exciting things happening um, at FOSSA this year is we're filming a PBS special as a part of that called The Art of the Love Song. And so there's, um, we're in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign to raise money for that. And so it's uh, just really incredible how we have this opportunity to elevate this program and to elevate um, what the foundation is about and what these young people can accomplish in their craft.
1: Well, I'd like to get uh, the sound on the show so our listeners can get a feel uh, of the strings and the uh, heritage, uh, the patriotism, and the sound. This is the Annie Moses Band with Blarney Pilgrim. the Annie Moses Band. It's an inspiring story, Uh, a strong family unit, six brothers and sisters on stage with about 25 different instruments. Uh, You mentioned the bass player and and your sister that plays the harp are now married. Um, Your drummer is... Is there pressure on him to marry somebody? Uh, <laughs> no, no. He's not related to anybody? No, no, no. He's just, just a friend, yeah. Um, you know, I think when I see, see the drums, I wanted to ask you about uh, your favorite music movie, because I just recently saw Whiplash, and I was it was awesome. I was blown away. It was awesome. Um, and I'm sure a lot of drummers pick that as maybe their favorite um, music movie. What, what would you, putting on the spot, what's one of your favorite music movies of all time?
2: I'm thinking. Um, Music movie of all time. Well, I I was pretty young when Mr. Holland's Opus came out, and that was a tearjerker. You know, that was a good music Mm -hmm. movie. Um, But as far as of all time. Oh, oh, Annie's got an answer.
3: That Thing You Do. Okay. Without a doubt, That Thing You Do is my favorite. I have to
1: second that. Okay, and so you're so happy about this movie. Uh, What particular scene? What, what scene when you're flipping channels you get to that movie you're like oh i've got to watch the rest of this movie
3: yes. okay so um uh, my favorite okay two favorite scenes okay the first one is when they hear their radio their song being played on the radio for the first time um uh, my second favorite part is when they're uh they finally get signed by the manager and the manager lives in a in a <laughs> rv <laughs> and they go and they're trying to discuss it amongst themselves and they say you know the bass, not yeah the bass player who's you know a few sandwiches short of a picnic he wasn't the brightest guy and, and he says <sighs> come on man a really nice guy in a trailer wants to sign us yeah. and so i always really <laughs> laugh at that and then my other favorite line is when jimmy leaves the band because of you creative know reasons. creative reasons and he says there he goes off to write his hit song alone with my principals and <laughs> so anyway i always laugh about that one okay but the other one that's really good is school of rock yeah. School of Rock yeah. is really funny. Our,
2: probably our most frequently quoted movie scene is Jack Black's, uh, you know, uh, At the End of Time There Was a Man Who Knew the Road and the writing was written on the stone. Um, like, <laughs> 80s, 80s rock uh, ballad. Uh, the, uh, yes. that he, but the best part is how he preps. The, if you ever are in, like, music circles or songwriting circles, you know his little preamble, I was like, okay, I'll sing it, but it's not finished, and I just... Did this a couple minutes ago, and um, you know they would just sing it, man. Just yeah, the kids are just like, "Come on, just sing your song." And uh, that is that is very true. Oh my gosh.
3: I, sw- I swear allegiance. What is it? It's I- his band. band. I will not c- take creative control of the band from Mr. Schneebly. <laughs> that that. So we laugh about all yes. those things.
1: So. This has been <laughs> such a pleasure for me to speak with you. Um, again, it's Alex Wooliver. Hi, yes. how are you? Thank you so much for all of your time. No, oh, thanks for having us. And your sister, Annie Dupree, lead singer, violin, Annie Moses band. Pleasure. Thank you so much for spending so much time with me.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Adam. And I want
1: to get your um, website out there one more time. You do Twitter, Facebook, or any of that? Yeah. Okay, all, the Twitter and Facebook. Of
3: the, all of the above. Um, You can go to YouTube.com slash Band. see a bunch of videos. But check us out on Facebook and Twitter, and we hope to see folks out, out on the road sometime.
0: Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com.
1: All right, great round of applause, and uh, not only for the radio show, but I'm guessing mostly for our, our guest Paxton. Hi, Paxton, how are you?
4: Great, how are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Your last name? Provost. Paxton Provost, and uh, you're a student athlete at Utah State University. What's your team?
4: Softball. All right, and uh, let's
1: hear it. <laughs> Got your teammates here, and you've been chosen as a representative to talk about uh, your integrity and character in the form of community service, what you guys do off the field, and how you help out the uh, community. What do you guys do?
4: Well, we read to some of the children at the elementary school, and we do a haunted house, which we just kind of help out and scare, like, the little kids.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, so um, the elementary, let's start with the elementary school. Is this uh, one of the schools? Is this the whole school system? Um, who organizes it? What is your personal role with it?
4: Well, Amber Ray helps set up with the schools kind of out here in Logan, and um, we kind of pick days where we'll go read with them or kind of play with them. Um, All athletics gets to kind of help out and do that, and we just kind of hang out with them.
1: And i got to believe these little kids in elementary school, when you come in uh, in your superhero Utah State uh, athletic gear, they really got to just snuggle up with you and, and fall in love with you.
4: Yeah, it's fun. They they get excited. Sometimes they're a little shy, but then sometimes they kind of, oh, what's sport? And it's cute.
1: Okay, so Halloween is around the corner. You're doing some work with a haunted house. Um, proceeds going to help who? Do we know that yet?
4: Um, just what, some of the local elementary schools are going to set it up and have, it's for the kids to go and. Kind of just go through it, and we'll be there to just kind of play with them, I
1: guess. I see. So you're going to teach these kids how to read, and then you're going to scare the heck out of them.
4: Pretty much, right? Living the dream.
1: you got to get involved with your community. Let's give uh, Paxton one more round of applause. Thank you so much to everybody here at Utah State University for hosting the Adam
0: Red Show.